Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now age of radio for one of our Beer Chef episodes where we have a listener send in a homebrewed beer and we taste it against two different commercial examples. One, a nationally recognized example of that beer in that style and a local example of a beer in that style. We're going to taste barrel-aged stouts today on the Beer Chef on homebrewing DIY. Welcome back to Homebrewing DIY, the podcast that takes on the do-it-yourself aspect of homebrewing. Gadgets, contraptions, and parts, this show covers it all. On this week's show, it's a Beer Chef episode where we're going to have a homebrewed style beer go up against two commercial examples and see which one is the winner. Kevin Brooks, a listener of Homebrewing DIY, sent in his bourbon barrel-aged stout, and we're going to taste that against two commercial examples. So stick around for the tasting. I'm pretty excited about it. But first, I'd like to thank all of our patrons over at Patreon. It's because of you that this show can come to you week after week. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash homebrewing DIY. I'd like to throw a couple of shout outs out there for Nivik. Thank you so much for contributing at the $1 level. And also, I'd like to thank Jared Warren for contributing at the $5 level. So thank you so much for our newest Patreon members. I'd also like to thank Cohen. Uh, He actually bought us a few beers over at Coffee, which is another way to support the show. That's ko-fi.com forward slash homebrewing DIY. And there you can do one-time support. And so thank you so much, Cohen, for buying us a few beers. Another way to support the show is by writing us a review. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, or podchaser.com. Reading, and if you write us a review, I'm going to read it on the air. So always a, a great reason to do so. And the feedback is really important to us. Last way to support the show is head on over to homebrewingdiy.beer, and there you can use our sponsor links. So do some shopping at Adventures in Homebrewing. You can also do your buy a brew bag or even buy a high-end kegerator at Kegco, and uh, in doing so, you would support the show. 
And that's pretty much what I'm going to get through because we've got a pretty long episode for our Beer Chef episode today. And we will... I may even skip feedback this episode because it is that long. Uh, it's a beer tasting. It takes a while. And so um, I, I'm going to push all of our feedback to next week just because uh, I, I want to you know, respect people's time and understand that uh, I don't want my podcast to be like three hours long. So uh, let's dive into this week's episode where we're going to do the beer chef and we're going to test taste Kevin's beer and the bourbon aged stout all right i'd like to welcome ryan packmeyer mo coglin and kevin brooks to the show and we are doing another beer chef episode so let's do some quick intros first we have ryan packmeyer who's a regular on the show and contributor to homebrewing diy Ryan is a BG, BJCP certified beer judge, an avid home brewer, and a member of my homebrew club. And so welcome, Ryan. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me, Coulter. Awesome. And then we have uh, Mo, Mo Coglin, And Mo is a certified Cicerone since 2016. She's been an amateur home brewer for about 10 years, mainly making ales and ciders. I love ciders. And People just don't give them enough enough love. And then uh, you are a member of the Keg Ran Out Club, which Ryan is also a member of. I think Ryan's a member of like every homebrew club in, <laughs> in this side of the city. And then she's taught a series of beer appreciation classes at the De- Denver Public Library. And she's actually never worked in the beer industry. Her day job is negotiating defense contracts, which actually makes sense because this is Colorado and there's lots of defense crap going on around here. <laughs> So true. So welcome, Mo, to Homebrewing DIY. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. And and I also am super excited to have you because, uh, you know, this is your first time on the show. So it's it's you'll have fun. And and I hope to have you back again because you got a great palate and we're excited to test it out today. And then speaking of palates, we have Kevin Brooks today who has sent us very nicely a beer for the Beer Chef kind of shows that we do here. and. Kevin, you sent us a bourbon or a barrel. Is it a bourbon barrel stout or is it what's a whiskey the barrel aged? Yeah, it's whiskey barrel aged age stout. Exactly. Fairly yeah. Russian imperial stout. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much. And we're let's talk a bit about the lineup today. So just to kind of give everybody an idea of what this format is going to be, is that Kevin sent us this uh, bourbon or this whiskey barrel aged stout. We are going to taste it against a commercial example, and then we are also going to taste it against a local example. And so the order is actually going to be, we'll start with the commercial example, then we'll go to the local example, and then we'll finish with the homebrewed example. What we're going to do is we're going to get feedback from the judges, which are going to be Mo and Ryan. I, I'm here to taste, and if we need to break a tie, I'll, I'll be the tiebreaker. But in all reality, uh, think of me as the celebrity judge. The, the guy who's who shows up and is like, hey, I'm just here to be the tiebreaker. That's me. And then uh, what we'll do is after we do the beer tasting, we'll get we'll get Kevin to talk to us about what he did as far as the process. And we'll see if our judges picked any of that process out. So that is the format of today's show. Sound good, everyone? Sounds great. Awesome. Good. So uh, let's start with the first beer. 
And we're going, so the first beer we're going to taste today in is the commercial example, which is the Dragon's Milk Bourbon Barrel Aged Stout. This is from New Holland Brewing Company. It's pretty widely available and it is 11% alcohol by volume. And you guys are all going to laugh at me because I've never actually had a Dragon's Milk before. I, I think that somebody already booed me when I said that. <laughs> and I'm a bad podcast recorder because I forgot to get a b- bottle opener. So I'll be right back. Boo. It's not actually a milk stout, is it? I think it's just a barrel-aged stout. It's, I mean, I know it says Dragon's Milk, but I don't know if it's... It's not like an imperial milk stout, I don't think. No. Well, I've never thought of it as being very sweet, so... Yeah, I don't think I don't think it is. So if it is a milk stout, it's not doing a very good job. No. No, I don't think so. It usually <laughs> would say... Something on the label would probably say lactose. No. It is not a milk stout. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, just because it's called Dragon's Milk, I'm sure there's people that get confused by that. Glassware, Ryan. What? Russian Imperial Stout, that's a snifter beer. Come on now. (laughs) 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 All right. So we've now poured it out. Kevin, you you could taste along with this as well. So you've got a Dragon's Milk as well. And so... What we'll do is we'll take turns. We'll start with Ryan. Why don't you give us a breakdown of the dragon's milk and what you, how it's tasting to you? I haven't taken my first sip yet because I have a decent sized head on this, but uh, like milk, chocolate, and vanilla in the nose. It's really nice. Uh, nice on the nose. Um, some of that roasted character is in there. Maybe like a little Tootsie Roll. That's what I'm getting on the nose. Go ahead and go to Mo, and I'll start. Uh, I'll start drinking. I don't know. On the nose, I'm getting more toasty, bready notes. Maybe a little bit more coffee grounds than coffee. But the color on it's fantastic. I mean, it's just absolutely opaque. Just that really deep black color that is gorgeous in the right pl- in the right glassware. I see. I, uh, I mean, there's a there's a hint of like dark amber, dark amber hue in there. You can actually see it if you look in the light and push your finger through. It's interesting. It is a nice looking beer. Almost a halo of amber. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't retain a lot of of head on it, which is is nice. It's you're not drinking through a cap of foam on it. It, it settles pretty quickly. Good I'll amount say, of barrel in the uh, in the taste. I'm not sure the body holds up to the barrel that well, though. It's a little thinner than uh, it's a little thinner than I kind of want um, for this much bourbon and this much oak. That's true. I mean, it, it it drinks thinner. It's not real heavy and syrupy, but I think that's what I've always really liked about it. It's got a fair amount of carbonation. It's very well beer, carbonated. Yeah, dark beer. Mm-hmm. Very well carbonated first out. 
Yeah, it's thinner. I, I wouldn't necessarily not like that about it. Um, it's, it makes it a little more drinkable. Not I will that I necessarily say, want my 11.5% stouts drinkable, but... <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I will okay. say the one thing that stands out to me is this doesn't taste boozy at all, right? It, it's an 11% beer. And yeah, it's got a dry finish to it, but it's not overly boozy. And sometimes when you get that 10 plus stouty beers with barrel, especially when you get ones that are, you know, alcohol barrels. So sherry barrels, bourbon barrels, just, you know, those type of barrels. I I feel like they can get really boozy and sweet. And I don't feel like this stout's that way. I feel like it's, it's got a clean dry finish. It drinks like a six, seven, eight percenter. It'd be very dangerous. That's what I'm getting off. It doesn't have the alcohol bite at the end that a lot of, uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of big stouts like this can have. Yeah. Yeah. It drinks more like a little bit sweeter, dry Irish stout. Yeah. I can see that. It just absolutely removes itself from your palate and then, gets your mouth ready for another sip of it. It's kind of refreshing that way, which is dangerous. All right, Kevin, are, are you tasting the, the dragon's milk yet? I'm tasting it. I'm... I don't want to give too much away, but it tastes very good. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> um, everything they said is pretty accurate. Um, I like the carbonation level on this one. I think it's a little um, carbonated than some stouts. But. I, I think when you think like American stouts, which this is a, a truly American stout, right? This is not meant to, like, this isn't trying to, I, the way I look at it is this is not trying to mimic an old Rasputin, right? And so the idea for me is, is that, something that I always find with American style stouts is this is a hoppier beer, right? It's got, it's got really good hop backbone to it. It's bitter. Um, and it's got a lot of carbonation in it. it it's not that low carbonated kind of stout the, that you would expect. And so it, 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 it drinks to me like it, it feels American to me, if that makes any sense. I, I know that that's weird. I would agree. I don't think it's, it's it's not that hoppy to my palate, but otherwise I would agree. It tastes like that classic American stout, plenty of roasted barley and chocolate malt and the classic, uh, you know, crystal malt. It's kind of a classic uh, malt bill for an American stout. But I think, I mean, it could be, I'm not tasting that many hops in it. It's just a little bit there for balance, but it's a little on the sweeter side, I think, hop wise. Yeah. Well, the hop wise, I mean, like as in, uh, IBUs, I, I would put this in the twenties, low twenties, somewhere in there. It should be more than that. I mean, American stouts usually like 30 to 60 roughly. Yeah. Um, I think it could be even more than that, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think this is on the lower end. Yeah. 25, 35 range somewhere in there probably. Yeah. Cause it's got to balance out the heat cause it's a pretty solid ABV, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. If it didn't have a and when you put it in the barrel, I mean, the barrel's going to thin out some of the out. some of the body of the hops too. So, uh, yeah, that'd be my guess. But okay, but, which so- is interesting because I usually drink a lot of local, um, like Russian Imperial stouts. I haven't had a lot of be uh, nationally available ones uh, uh, in recent months, and uh, this one I think is a lot lighter than a lot of the local ones that I've had that um, do have that 
more syrupy mouthfeel to them that that uh, stay on your tongue for longer. And this one, um, this one I think is lighter and drier than a lot of other uh, Russian Imperial Stouts I've had in a while. Some of our some of our local ones like uh, Barrel Age Ten Fifty and um, Yeti. Those are like hoppy, very hoppy as well. So, I mean, those are probably, I think, 50, 60, 70 IBUs. Um, yeah. So, it's certainly a lot hoppier than this one. And, yeah, bigger mouthfeel. Yeah. So, this is our... What's the word do we want to say? This is this is the... Uh, uh, I, I, this is the standard we're going to drink to, right? Mm-hmm. So, we're, we're drinking the dragon's milk. No, this is good. I mean, I've certainly had better stouts and I've, I've had many, many worse ones. So, I think this is a good one to pick. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is this is a great stout. So now let's move on to our local example, and this was actually a nice treat that I found here. And uh, this is a limited release beer. This is from uh, Finkel and Garf, and this is all Finkel and Garf is a is 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 actually to me like one of those underrated breweries here in Colorado. You you could kind of find cans everywhere. It's very very local. You would never find this outside of Colorado. It's a Boulder brewery. And the cool thing about this one is this is an Imperial Stout as well. This is a 12.2% Imperial Stout. And um, this one is aged 11 months in bourbon finished and uh, PX Sherry casks. So this is uh, going to be kind of a unique beer. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to taste it. But that is what we're going to move to now is this uh, barrel aged Imperial Stout. So I'm going to... You get this sound. Oh, buddy. Yeah, this is a lot bigger. <laughs> You're going to smell how much it's a lot bigger than the other one. Wow. Right? It's kind of funny that it's aged in the sherry barrels to maybe hide some of those aging characteristics that you would normally get, which tastes like sherry. So, Well, the thing is, is it's bourbon finished sherry casks. So the, this is the third use, right? So you you've you've got a you've got a sherry cask, they bourbon finish it, and then they're actually gonna take it in for eleven months and put beer in it. It's a lot boozier and more fruity on the nose too. Yeah, definitely the dark fruit that was one hundred percent absent in that New Holland. Interesting. So as I pour this Basically, there's no head. I mean, for half a second, there was a little bit, and it just disappeared instantaneously. Super boozy. Uh, like, like, I can taste the sherry. I, I don't know. I don't know if anybody else. Yeah, can. it's almost like when you have an apple brandy barrel in some of these, um, where it's very, uh, it's way more fruit forward. It's it's totally different, different than you expect from most big stouts. It's such yeah, a is- nice contrast to the new holland too is just it's a lot heavier mouthfeel that i'm kind of used to a american you know, uh big heavy imperial stout being um this is no it's a I, i'm a big fan of the dark fruit in the the darker beer so um i really like that it's got some some prune be some current it's almost Belgian adjacent, you know, like I've had stouts that have been fermented with Belgian yeast. And this is kind of like sort of in the same category. It's kind of neat. It's different. Oh, they picked a nice, a really nice estuary yeast for this one. 
And the base, you could taste the base malts in there. It's kind of this fudgy chocolate. Like, it's really deep and thick. Um, it does a good job of holding the sherry barrel together, I think. Like, if you had the base beer of the Dragon's Milk, I think it'd probably be a little too thin for what the sherry cask is doing to the beer. Carbonation's definitely lower on this. Oh, yeah. A lot lower. It's It's almost barely carbonated. And as I've swished it around, there's, like, no carbonation left. I'm getting, I mean, there's some on mine. It's less than a dragon's milk for sure, though. But I can see it on the side there pulling up and you can feel it and the taste a little bit. But yeah, it's just it's just kind of like toss, like touching the border of uh, being kind of syrupy. Not quite, but it's it's definitely compared to the dragon's milk it is. But um, so so when I was drinking the dragon's milk, I was like, this does not taste boozy. This beer definitely tastes boozy, right? <laughs> And so we've got like very, very contrast here. We've got like that 11% stout we just drank that drinks like, you know, you just said a dry, a dry Irish stout that's a little sweet, right? And then this one drinks like an imperial stout and it is boozy. Like you can taste the alcohol. It's not bad though. Sometimes it's like, you know, you get these hot beers and they, and they're, and they taste in a boozy way that's like not fun i don't know hard to harsh i think it's like, like the, i think the sherry that's doing it the sherry barrel it's definitely it's just so much sherry flavor and sherry's you know it's sherry's pretty strong well it is a fortified wine yeah so well, you're this one's so got much a sherry. nice spice to it as well it's uh almost got like a little bit of a molasses flavor and aroma to it it's uh definitely not uh in contrast to the dragon's milk not nearly as much uh, roasty, you know, coffee, coffee grounds character as the uh, the last one. No, this one's Definitely. a lot more of that layered chocolate fudge kind of uh, thing going on. Big sweet chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, kind of the newer style stout where it's a lot more chocolate, a lot less roast. Just between these the two of these, are, it's kind of tough for me to... They're so different. Yeah, the, I mean, the sherry one is so specialized, you know? Yeah. It's so unique. I mean, I like it in a lot of ways, and in other ways, I kind of wish I was splitting this with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, pandemic. <laughs> just, just know, post-pandemic, when we do these shows, we'll set it up in a room, and there we'll just... Go. You know, it'll be uh we'll we'll all be together and it'll be a it'll be a good time. And we can share these beers and it'll be a lot cheaper too. And, you and, have and to we can have Kevin bring sh- sh- Kevin would have been able to ship us less, right? Yeah. So it's kinda <laughs> you know, the ha- I'm like, hey, if you send me beer, you gotta send me four bottles. And I know that that seems like a lot, but it's it's because we have to get four tasters. So yeah, at least we're all in the same city and I can just drive around and drop them off. So all right, our we've we've tasted beer number two. We ready for beer number three? We were, we're so. ready to dig into the homebrewed example. Uh, this is I, I got to admit, every time we do this, Kevin, I feel like that the homebrewed example is is always so exciting to me, and it's because I love I I just truly love homebrew. It's it's like you know I have a, I have a podcast called Homebrewing DIY. I love homebrew, and. <laughs> I'm I'm excited to taste this, Kevin.
Wow, that's got so this has got so much more spice, definitely than the first one, and probably more than uh, the Finkel and Garf, as far as uh, just like cinnamon and allspice. Um, maybe clove. Oh yeah, I would agree on the nose. Definitely, it's really nice on the nose. A little like yeah. cocoa underneath there as well. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I get a hint of coconut in there, just a hint, and it's not like like it's not like an overbearing like coconut, but it's like I get a hint of coconut in there. And it happens a lot with barrel beers too. Yeah, and, and the and, and a little and back to the dragon's milk. This has a bit of coffee in it, like uh, that coffee ground smell, and and I'm I'm getting even in the flavor a bit of coffee in there lot like this is characteristics yeah i i I gotta admit like we tasted the dragon's milk and we taste this beer and this beer is different but this beer is really solid this so first of all kevin this is a really solid stout thank you In fact, your carbonation is probably the happy medium between the two yes. uh, that we tried previously. <laughs> so, like, no, because it, it just maintains that just like a minimal head on it, but it also has that cling to the glass. Like uh, it, it's going to yep. linger without being uh, the New Holland that just wants to mm-hmm. run away. Like so it would stay on your tongue, but not uh, live there. I like the mouthfeel a lot. The mouthfeel is good because I mean it's a little. It's got a little more mouthfeel than the dragon's milk, but it's not like quite as cloyingly sweet as the Finkel and Garf. Um, it's a good good mouthfeel for this beer. Yeah, the the mouthfeel on this beer is really good. It's like I I don't know if there's oats or anything in this, but it it has that kind of mouthfeel where it's got this like uh it, you know the the slickness of of oats that you can get. And it's it, it's more full. It's really sick, silky smooth, silky smooth. But like it's the That's level of carbonation with I I don't know if it has something some sort of adjunct like that in there, but it, it's it's really it's really a great mouthfeel. I do get a taste of a bit of astringency just at the end. Yeah, get a little bit of alcohol heat towards the end um, yeah. compared to the other two, probably. I mean, it was in the Finkel and Garf, the alcohol is in your face, but I think that's more from the sherry barrel. This tastes more of like a little bit of the alcohol bite at the end of it from like the base beer. Yeah. This has a lot more um, dark chocolate notes to it, which. It's really nice, and, and not in the dark chocolate bitter way, but the dark chocolate flavor way, if that makes sense. Uh, the um, New Holland was New Holland uh, reminded me of uh, that bittersweet chocolate that remember when you would buy that on accident as a kid, uh, and uh, be very <laughs> surprised that it was not as delicious as chocolate was supposed to be. It was like the baking chocolate. Yeah. You'd only, make, uh, you'd only buy candy a... from the bacon aisle once as a kid. <laughs> yes, it's well, true. Well, and I, I feel like this beer, 
and now that I, t- now I'm, I, now I've got multiple beers. I'm now going beer to beer. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I've got the dragon's milk in my left hand. I've got this, this homebrewed example in my right. And they are very different, but when we're talking about like a barrel aged stout, I, I, and you guys are going to kill me on this, but I, I feel like the homebrewed example is more of what I'm, I expect from a barrel aged stout, right? It's, it's got tannins, it's got the alcohol bite to it a little bit. It's got the mouthfeel. Whereas I feel like, don't get me wrong, the Dragon's Milk's a great beer, but I also feel like it it, it doesn't, like like we've all said, hey, I feel like I'm going to go into this beer and I'm going to drink like a milk stout because it's got the word milk on the label, right? <laughs> but even then, as you taste it, it does taste really light and, 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 and highly carbonated and and dry. Whereas the this this homebrewed example just feels more like what I expect a stout, a barrel aged stout to taste like across the board. Like it just feels like how it should be. Does anybody disagree with me on that? No, I I agree. Um, I think it's the best balance and flavor of all three. Probably, yeah. I mean, going back to the Finkel and Garf having it now. It's like this, almost like a green apple bomb, like this, <laughs> the fruit bomb. Just tasting, yeah. taste the Finkel and Garf after those, both of those two, and it's like, wow. Um, the Finkel and Garf is fun, but I think it's like for me, it's like a four ounce or less sample. It's like a specialty, novelty sort of beer. So it'd be hard for me to say the Finkel and Garf is my favorite one. Um, and then yeah, the Dragon's Milk. It just, it's good. It's like if I was a teacher, I'd give it a B. You know, straight B. It's a good placeholder, default, above average, solid example. Um, honestly, for me, I think the homebrew beats it, though. I think I would vote for the homebrew. Nice. Thank you. Mm-hmm, you're welcome. And before oh, we get Mo, well, well, before, b- <laughs> Mo, before you actually uh, hop in and, and give us your opinion, Kevin, let's, let's talk about how you made this beer. <laughs> It's a, so, it's a double mash Russian Imperial Stout because of the, I only have a 10-gallon uh, mash tun. I had to use two uh, mash tuns and then a very minimal sparge, and it was actually running one mash tun to the other one and then sparge on top of all of them and running all through the thing. Um, it uh, was in primary for from the October 28th to the November 4th, so a little bit no, October 24th to the 4th. So it was a, a week, a little more than a week. And it was in the barrel until December 8th. So just a little bit more in a month. Okay. So it's fresher, and that explains why we get a little heat at the end, probably. So it's only, what, five months old then? Yeah, this was uh, bottled in December. On December 18th is when it was bottled. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense of why we're getting so many good flavors out of it. It also makes sense why there's a little bit of that bite at the end. I mean, it's it's a really fresh, big stout. Yeah. Well, what's the what's the ABV on it, Kevin? Uh, so the ABV is actually, I think it's ten and a half. It was my gravity. I took two readings. The actual reading I took from the actual kettle was ten ninety six, uh, and then the reading I took at the end, uh, I had still some liquid left. I took that, and it was eleven hundred. That. Uh, was mostly all the chocolate and all that stuff that was left in. The only adjuncts in this are cocoa nibs and bittersweet chocolate, um, which would explain your bittersweet chocolate baking aisle. 
comment. Oh, dude, you, you awesome, Mo. Yes. <laughs> um, so it, it started at ten ninety six and ended up at uh, um, ten eighteen. That is. Pretty. Uh, I'm surprised it actually finished that dry. Usually, stouts this, you know, 1096. They usually finish in the 1020s. What, so, with it finishing you... that dry, and we're still getting good mouthfeel. Yeah. As, as Coulter was asking before, are there oats in this? Flaked oats? Just uh, 39 ounces of flaked oats in it. Very nice. Yeah, you, you retain that? a really good mouthfeel uh, and a good body for how dry that finished. I I feel I I I feel like I actually tasted something out of a beer and called it out. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, what was the grain bill? What's what what was the full on grain bill? That's a two row. That's the base malt, uh, flaked oats, and then roasted barley, chocolate malt, deep bitter black, special B, and then uh, rice oats. But um, yeah, so the. 19 ounces of roasted barley, 19 ounces of chocolate malt, 8.7 of debittered black, and 8.7 of special B. And, and the the hot the hot bill? Uh, it was Nugget at 60 minutes, Willamette at 25, and Willamette at 10. Two ounces each. And then uh, what yeast did you use? I just said so five. Did you, did you use a bigger you know, pitch of SO5 or just a, like two packs? Like, you know, that's uh, a big beer for SO5. I don't think I used the starter, but I did throw a bunch of yeast nutrient at it um, and threw it like throughout the fermentation. Oh, so you had you had a full-on yeast nutrient regimen going in to kind of make it so that it, it didn't stress out the yeast. You could call it a regimen. It was, <laughs> it was not really, I don't even remember notes. I didn't even know what it is. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, that's sad. I I feel like you need to reproduce this in mass quantities. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this beer is really good. It, yeah, and I like the the special beet choice was good. I think that's probably lending some of those fruit flavors that we were getting some of those dark fruits, and then uh, the Willamette. Um, you know, that's more of a woody, spicy hop. I wonder if that's got some of that. I mean, you get some of that flavor. They're almost this little like light cedar kind of thing going on. So uh, it might also be from the barrel, but uh, I think those were probably pretty good choices. They seem to really balance really well with everything else. I I have some questions on the barrel itself, though. Is like, uh, it, what was it a fresh barrel? Was it a barrel you've used for other beers? How'd you get the barrel and, and what size was it, too? So I bought the barrel about a year ago from Journeyman's Distillery. Uh, it's a distillery in Royal Oak, Michigan. Um, it's a five-gallon barrel. I've used it two other times before this beer. Um, the first one I had in it was another RIS. Uh, the second one was actually a cider, and then the, this is the third iteration on it. So we might be getting flavors in the cider as well. Ah, that's exciting. Interesting. Yeah, because I mean, it's not it's not overly bourbon uh, flavored at all. Um, especially since you only put in there for a month and it's third use. That makes a lot of sense. But but I, I do get a touch of it. Like it, it's there. It's just not super strong. Mm-hmm. But but that's I, also also that's one of the things I like about it. Right? Is that I do get the barrel in there. Sorry, I'm drinking beer. Uh, I do get the barrel there, 
and and I do get like some bourbon flavor to it, but you know, normally if if you got like a fresh barrel from like the distillery, right? And you put a brand new huge stout in it, it's almost like you're just drinking bourbon with it at some level especially in a 10 percent kind of stout i mean the dragon's yeah. milk kind of suffers a little bit from that where it's a little bit of a lighter stout you taste it and you're it's a little it can be a little overwhelming with uh barrel character but when you have a fresh barrel a lot of times you want to make a 12 13 14 stout so it can really hold up to that barrel because barrels really thin things out and uh they really thin a beer out compared to if you just drink it without the barrel and uh there's just there's enough in here, I think, to really make it all work. It comes together pretty nicely. Yeah, I I, I feel like this one. I I'm gonna go back to my original say, saying. When I opened this bottle and expected it to be a barrel aged stout, that's exactly what I tasted in this, and it, it, I just feel like it, it's like what my expectation of a barrel stout should be is what came out of this bottle. It's 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 great it's a great beer kevin i i'm I'm really glad you sent this to me (laughs) thank you i'm glad i said too (laughs) (laughs) anybody anybody have any other questions for kevin process wise um have you made other stouts before was this your first was this your 20th what i'm curious what your uh, background is home brewing uh so i've been i've made several stouts but this is my i've been home brewing for the six years I started in, my wife bought me a kit in 2014 for Christmas. And um, that was actually an all grain kit. I didn't even know it. And then I switched to, I went to partial mash from there. And then in 2016, I started all grain um, and I've been all grain since. Uh, I've made, this is my second barrel aged stout with a true barrel. I made another one where I tried to use oak spiral. Um, this is last one. If it had carbonated right, I think would have been better than this one. Gotcha. What was about? What was? Uh, what was it about the last one that might have made it better in your mind? Oh, I tried to. I tried to naturally carbonate it, um, just to bottle condition them. Mm-hmm. And after a barrel, it, it had sit for a long time in the barrel. I don't think there was much yeast left, less in suspension, so it ended up just. I can open a bottle now, and this was a year ago that it came out, um, and it's flat. It's just like I call it a stout wine because it's. <laughs> I've I've been there. Yeah, you gotta you gotta pitch some fresh, uh, not much of it, but just a little bit of dry yeast at uh, bottling time so that they can uh, yeah. they can eat up the sugar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's an expensive learning process. I can tell you that. <laughs> yes. All right, are we ready for the vote? Official, the official vote. Are we ready? Yes. Awesome. So, all right. So between the dragon's milk, uh, we have the fecal and garf for the local, and then we have Kevin's. Do, do you have a name for this uh, this beer, Kevin? Uh, Boris the Barris. <laughs> Boris the Barris. And between between that and Boris the Barris, what would we? Uh, uh, Ryan, which one do you think is the best? Uh, I'm going with Boris on this one. Um, yeah, it's it's more well-rounded and balanced and uh, overall just a little bit better than the other two, I think. Mel? Sure. So, 
comparing the three is is so challenging because they're so incredibly different. But um, I'd just say the Finkel and Garf is more representative of the American style, especially the local uh, American uh, Russian imperial style that that you see around Colorado. And that's the one I'm most used to. Um, that also is the reason that I don't necessarily drink a lot of them because it's really, really intense. Um, and the dragon's milk is nice, but so is a dry Irish stout. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Boris as well. And I have to say of the three of them, Boris has this marzipan and caramel to it that usually you get from an aging process that we didn't get from either of the professional beers. And uh, that's one of the things that I love most about it. That And the, the, all the spicy phenols. Um, I love uh, I love a lot of spice on the nose uh, without it smelling like, you know, like a, a pie at Christmas. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to agree. I, I like the Boris as well. So you got a unanimous decision here, Kevin. And, okay. uh, and you know, it's kind of one of those things where uh, I I have to admit, like you 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 reached out to me, you're like, hey, I got this Russian Imperial Stout or this Barrel Stout, and uh, I I'd love you to I I'd love for you to taste it on the show, and I I'm really really glad you sent this in because it, it's really a solid beer. Now here's the next question for our judges, and and I'm not gonna throw this one in because I'm not gonna contribute to this. I'm just gonna ask the question. If you were sitting down right now in a beer competition, right? So we're we're talking like you're judging this as a homebrew competition. What what's what just you know off the top of your head? You don't have to sit down and you know go through a judging sheet. But the idea is, what what score in your mind would you give this beer? Forty five out of fifty for me, I'd say. Wow, uh, forty five. Yeah, forty five is a really high score. Um, I've given a few scores out in that range, but I mean, I'd say up about about forty five or so. With the only, usually when you're in the 45 range, you have one little small minor quip about the beer. Um, and the only quip I would have is it does have a little bit of that alcoholic bite at the end, which isn't inappropriate for the beer, but they certainly have had 10, 12% stouts that don't have it. Um, so that's the only minor detraction I probably have for this. So, so yeah, somewhere in the, the mid 40s range is what I would give it out of the 50. And, and Mo, uh, what would you give it if you were scoring this in a competition? So I actually am not a BJCP person, so I don't actually uh, know the entire scoring uh, ah, situation. But it goes to fifty, so that's and fifty would be perfect, right? There would be no, it would be a flawless example, and nobody ever gets a fifty. Just to throw that, I've out gotten one fifty before. You have? I've never <laughs> seen a fifty on a scoring sheet in my entire life. So I was shocked, but I got. <laughs> No, but I mean, uh, looking at the style and the characteristics of the style and, um, well, you always like to look at each beer on its own. It's, it's compared to these three, obviously we, we, we have our winner, but the, along the style guidelines, it's really got all of those characteristics. And I'm kind of surprised that our, um, national beer and our local beer I feel like are a little bit outside the style guidelines um as far as dragon's milk is not really what i would have expected for that category and um as much as 
I am used to the Finkel and Garf style as being representative on a local level. Um, it is really hefty and it's very specialized, and this is very much a uh, once in a while kind of a a, a beer. But uh, but the, the homebrew, this is exactly what I would expect in this category. And um, as far as Cicerone certification, which is more beer appreciation, this is what I would recommend to somebody that loves breakfast. And so when I say that, I always ask people about uh, when they say, okay, what beer should I order? I'm like, well, tell me about your breakfast. And people that are like, oh, I love really dry toast. I love eggs or whatever. And I'm like, you, you kind of go toward one end of the spectrum. People that really like maybe like, uh, darker toast and um, uh, maybe pancakes with uh, some maple syrup or something a little bit sweet, something that's nice and malty, nice and bready, nice and uh, uh, got those toasted characteristics um, without being um, so... I just want a, a cup of coffee. This is exactly kind of where I would direct them is in the stout range. And this is the kind of, exactly the kind of beer that I would recommend for somebody that uh, gave me those descriptors for what they like for breakfast. Awesome. I'll, I'll take that. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and being a, being a homebrew person, right. Uh, to be honest, yes, I'm not a BJCP certified judge. And, uh, and, and I'm not going to, uh, I, am not even working on it. I should be, but I'm not. <laughs> and Ryan and I have talked about this this year. I should totally be working on this. But on the other side of that, if I were to throw this a score, let's say I was sitting down and doing this, I, I would definitely put this in the forties. I'd give it uh, 42 or 43, um, which it, in the low forties and, and Ryan's like 45, um, this would this would definitely take gold in its category and put it in the running for best in show. So this is a oh. phenomenal beer. So I really appreciate that. Thanks, guys. Yeah. So if you have other Here. bottles of this, you need to get them into a homebrew competition ASAP. No, you need to drink them. Uh, you, know, you know they're good. You don't need you don't need any. Uh... <laughs> if I win I'm one trying. medal with I a beer, I, I barely enter competitions. But if I enter one beer into a competition, it does well. I don't enter that beer into more competitions. I drink that beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Kevin, if I had a gold medal to send you, I would. But we'll give you. We, I, I will send you something. But <laughs> all right. <laughs> but uh, hey, Kevin, I I totally totally appreciate you taking the time to send us this beer. This was an amazing beer. I so and I I also want to throw out to uh, Ryan right now that we, we've this is our second show of this and both times the beers have been stellar right and 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 it's kind of one of those things where you know people people don't understand the level that people can make homebrew at i i don't think like you know obviously we're a homebrewing show and i'm sure that other homebrewers understand this but it, it's one of those things where kevin this is an amazing beer and i I'm just, I'm really, really happy you let us t taste it. it. It was a great beer. I appreciate it. It's fun to make. Me too. It's fun to be on the show. In fact, I have a challenge for you guys, if you guys are up for it. Uh, I'm down. Let's hear it. 
All right, it's a seasonal challenge. Okay, because obviously this is our favorite. Uh, given, so you guys have maybe done a little bit of a, a beer and food pairing. Um, and uh, given that the tenants of that, anyone listening at home who's not familiar with uh, food and beer pairing, um, the kind of the three basic principles are look for complementary flavors. You look for some resonance. Look for contrast, uh, something that contrasts between the, the food and the beer, and something that matches the intensity. Uh, what would you pair, which Girl Scout cookie would you pair with this, given that it is that <laughs> season right now? Oh, good call, Mo. I'm going to go with that. So, first of all, just based on this, I already called out coconut on this beer. You heard me earlier. So this is definitely a Samoa beer. Uh, so, you know, chocolate, crisp cookie, a touch of coconut. I, I think this beer would go really, really well with that. Um, definitely would not go with a Thin Mint. Uh, I'm just throwing that out there. You don't think it would go with a Thin Mint? I mean, the contrast would be heavy, but... <laughs> the contrast would be heavy, but I, you know... Um, I, I will throw out there beer and food pairing is very similar to wine and food pairing. And uh, randomly, I actually in my past life was a sommelier <laughs> at a restaurant. And uh, <laughs> so I, I sit here and go, oh, I don't know how to taste beer. It's really the same. And in the end, <laughs> I, I sit there and say, th those rules are all the same in wine as well, where it's like you have similarity, you have contrast, and you also have intensity. Those those definitely are are the are the food and wine pairings as well as the beer and food pairing. It's just that you know for me, beer has such a unique flavor because it has the hop bitterness factor that you know you just don't get in wine. You get tannins in wine, but you don't get the same type of bitterness as you get with hops. And so, like for example, finding good food pairings with specific IPAs to, to me sent, tends to be a bit of a chore. It, you know, it, the, I, I know that it's out there and I know that people can do it. I'm just saying in my mind, it's one of those things that don't really just kind well, of beer like, has a much wider range of flavor as well. It does. It does have a much wider range of know, flavors, but, I, but in the IPA area. world, I'm always like, man, really, really bitter. And I know that like really sweet would go with that in the contrast, but then you, you start thinking of like, you know, you're already like, and then in, in the United States, we talk about bitterness is like intensity, right? Like we, 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 I, I say this over and over again, the United States, we, if it, if it has to have booze in it, we want the most of it. If it has to have hops in it, we want the most of it. If it has to have fruit in it, it has to have the most of it. If we make sours, it has to be so sour. It's like freaking pucker your face. We are in your face. We are American. That's what we do. Right. And, and so it's kind of one of the, so, so for me, it's always like, I always have looked at beer on its own because of that. And, and whereas, uh, whereas in my world of wine and, and I'm totally going to get a long email on this, trust me. And, <laughs> and, uh, but that being said is that in the wine world, I just feel like, don't get me wrong, there's way more wider variety, but in to, to me, it's like I, I've always looked at beer as a 
is an aspect of food I, I totally do, but it, it's always been much more traditional styles that way versus like the IPA styles that we have today that are really popular. So I'll stop there because I'm now rambling. Well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't answer your Girl Scout cookie question. Yeah, go I ahead. Really, go I don't ahead. really eat Girl Scout cookies very much. So um, it's probably been several years before I, since I last had one. Um, but food wise, I mean, something like a very fresh strawberry with chocolate, chocolate covered strawberry would be great with this, I think. Um, like an in season strawberry uh, in the summer, early summer, and then douse that with chocolate, homemade, eat that with it, drinking this. I think uh, the intensity and the flavor and that little bit of fruit from the strawberry, that little, really fresh strawberry flavor would go really well with this. That's the first thing I thought of, at least when, uh, when I was thinking about a pairing. All right, Mo, what's your, what's your, what's your Girl Scout cookie? Well, just, uh, uh, just in case there are folks from uh, different parts of the U.S. listening, uh, you recommended the Samoa. That's also known as the Caramel Delight. And I only call that out because I'm from Northern California. Basically, the Girl Scouts have two different bakeries that are are licensed to make their cookies. So you have two different names for most of the cookies. <laughs> throughout I didn't the know breath. this. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, when I first moved here and somebody said, Samoa cookies. I had no idea what they were talking about. Um, I tell you what I would not pair with it um, because it, it does have those roasty chocolatey characteristics that you would, you're, you just naturally go to chocolate uh, like you guys did. Um, I wouldn't pair a tag along with it. It's not as highly carbonated as the dragon's milk dragon's milk. It just had that very high carbonation level that, uh, you normally want to pair with something that has a higher fat content because it naturally kind of, it's like little scrubbing bubbles for your tongue, kind of removes the fat from your tongue and readies your palate for another bite of the food. Um, so as far as the chocolate uh, uh, cookies and, and something like a trefoil or a shortbread cookie, I don't think we could match the intensity of this beer in any way. But I would recommend the Thin Mint. Ah, oh, see? See? Here's why. <laughs> <laughs> Coulter, do you just not like so mint? subjective. Do you not like chocolate mint, Coulter? Is no, I crushed, I crushed Thin Mints. They're my favorite, actually. I like that more than the Samoas. <laughs> Everybody loves a Thin Mint cookie, right? And, um, I, and they're not my favorite. Um, actually, like a, a Samoa or a Tagalong a peanut butter patty <laughs> or a, a Caramel Delight really are my favorite but the thin mint there's something about the density of the cookie it's got that dense uh chocolate uh, kind of a dark chocolate uh cookie to it and it's got the sweetness of the um the frosting on it but it's not it's not so sweet to really uh, be a contrast to the beer but that mint that herbal note to it really is something that is so it's not just different from this beer but just so different from the the beer category right there is yeah. no there's no herbalness to this kind of a beer you're never going to no. get herbal from None. a hop or anything so um so kind of having that contrast but then that kind of dense chocolate cookie to it and here's what makes it perfect though if you really want to go you know full, you know, foodie nerd with it. You take your Thin Mint and you lick it across the top to claim it as your own. 
right? <laughs> and they just, <laughs> just sprinkle a little bit of sea salt right on top mm-hmm. because that, that will intensify the flavor of the cookie just enough that I feel like it, uh, it's got that, uh, it matches the intensity of the beer. Yeah, I, I, throw cool some salt in there, and I, I could see that. Cool. Kevin? I'm going with a thin mint. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, when you were talking, Colter, that was the first thing I thought of, too. I was, you know, I mean, chocolate, mint, uh, it goes well together. I get it. I get it. It may, it may be to me just mint and <laughs> and, and stout. And, 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 and I've had some good chocolate mint stouts before. I, I'm sure. And as you've said it, I, I, I do see it. But to me, it was like, I, I just scream Samoa. I'm thinking like that savory, like caramel and, and, and chocolate and coconut. And I, I did say I, I, from the beginning, I was like, I smell a hint of coconut here. So I, I'm still stay. I'm still sticking with what I said. That's it's fine. I, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with you. All right, everyone's so, had that experience where they had that delicious piece of spearmint gum and then they had their beer. And that's probably <laughs> no, no, nobody wants that. that Good call. Good beer. call. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? I just ate a big piece of spearmint gum and then just drank a gigantic IPA. Yeah, you just IBU. brushed your teeth right before you met your friends at the brewery and uh, that first beer is like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did I just drink orange juice? Yep. yep. <laughs> so, Kevin, uh, I want to thank you so much for bringing this beer. Mo, I want to also thank you so much for taking the time to everybody. I know, Kevin, it's late for you. It's uh, it's 10 o'clock here. It's 11 o'clock there. We, we're doing this in the middle of the night. So thank you so much, Kevin. Uh, Bo, thank you so much for taking the time. Ryan, thank you as well, just because you're on the show often, but still, thank you for doing this. You're welcome. Isn't it, isn't it midnight by Kevin? Isn't it two hours? Is he Eastern? It's, it's two hours, but for me, it's about noon. I work night. Oh, that's right. You're, you're a night guy. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> he's Sorry, like, he's, Go ahead. He's like, he's like, I'm up in the night, everyone. And then... Uh, <laughs> but Kevin, thank you so much for doing this. I, I really, really appreciate it. And, uh, you know... Hey, uh, I'm going to start now doing some plugs here. If you would like your beer to be tasted on Homebrewing DIY and you would like to have us do it against a commercial example, you know, reach out to me, podcast at homebrewingdiy.beer, and I'd love to arrange it. I I will say when we first started doing this, I got a lot of interest and a lot of people that said, hey, I'll send you beers. And then uh, really, it's getting the beer here is what makes me book the show. So just so you know, uh, if you if you reach out to me, we got to get the beer here to Colorado, and then once we get it here, we'll get it. We'll get you booked on the show. But I, I'm super excited about whoever sends me the next one. So uh, I I love these shows because it, it really so far it has proved me right in the fact that homebrewed beer can definitely hold up to commercial examples. And I know we always talk about this. But everybody's always like commercial, commercial, commercial. And um, trust me, I drink plenty of commercial beer. But I just know that homebrewers out there make great beer. Kevin, you proved it tonight. So thank you so much. I'll send you a a sweet gift on homebrewing DIY for taking the effort to to do the so. And uh, thanks, everyone, for participating.
like to thank Kevin, Ryan, and Mo for all taking the time to taste some beers with us and to and and especially Kevin for taking the time to ship a beer all the way to Colorado for us all to try. It was it was a great tasting and Kevin, you sent us a great beer, so thank you. Well, that's it for this week and we'll talk to you next week on homebrewing DIY. <laughs>